Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy. But in this last episode, we had Adriana take over with the MN Blogger Bash. We did. So, MN Blogger Bash recently had an event at Rose and Loon, and I got the chance to meet a lot of these makers that are located from various parts of the Midwest and sort of get an insight as to how they turned their passion project into a profit and how they made the leap of faith from a normal nine to five into being their own boss. So let's get into this week's episode number 93, Passion Project to Profit. This episode is sponsored by Popcorn. Throwing a party and looking for a unique and delicious tasty treat? Weddings, company parties, corporate thank you gifts, whatever the occasion, Popcorn has a perfect complement to your event. Over 70 flavors to choose from. Call or go online to order. PopcornMN.com. So we are here with Jordan. Do you want to talk about your brand, what you do, what you make, all the background? Yes. So my name is Jordan. I run Mend Jewelry. So I'm a jewelry designer. Uh, started it in 2017 in my tiny apartment. I used to work in tech. Uh, and then I actually grew my business enough to attract venture capital, quit my job. So I now run my own company full time, which is really awesome. And the jewelry is dainty gemstone, gemstones and crystals um, that are fun. They can be layered um, and they also mean something too, which makes it uh, a really great gift. But a big part of the brand are the customers that wear my product. They're connected to the stones and they're thinking about somebody when they purchase it. Awesome. How did the idea begin? How did you sort of create this concept and tell yourself, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Great question. Um, I think it's the fire for entrepreneurship paired with my passion for design. Um, I've always been interested in business, but I've also always loved jewelry. So I was like, why don't I try and marry both of these ideas and see if I can do this for real and not treat it like a hobby? And with MEND, uh, I came up with that name because MEND means to heal. And if you look at my logo, my logo, part of the M, it, it's in a gemstone. So part of the healing is going to be in the stones that you wear. That's amazing. How did you start advertising your brand? Did you start on social media? Was it word of mouth? How did that all happen? So I used uh, Snapchat as my analogous inspiration. So what I did is I made a splash page and I just said, hey, coming soon, men jewelry, give me your email if you're interested. And I got about 30 emails, which I thought was pretty good. And then when I launched, I sold a bunch of stuff. So it was really word of mouth to start and then Instagram. Instagram has probably been the best social platform. It's a visual medium, so it yep, makes the most absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Other than being here in Rose and Loon, do most of your sales come from online? Do you sell product elsewhere? Where's like your main channel for sales? So I would say for sure e-commerce drives the most sales. I'm in about 30 stores, 31 now with Rose and Loon, 31 stores nationally, and then Nordstrom Online carries my top 15 bestsellers. Um, but yeah, I think in order order of operations, it would go online and then retail. And then if I in last uh, last winter, I had a temporary shop at the Mall of America, and that drove a lot of sales. So if I do that concept again, a temporary location is going to drive the most sales for sure this year. Was it kind of scary taking the jump from having a full time career in tech to sort of owning your own business? Yes, but. I think what's scarier is having a ceiling at a job or working somewhere and you you don't want your senior position that's ahead of you. I feel like, yeah, it's scary, but the risk is 
in my mind, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Like a true entrepreneur, it's we're not afraid of failure. We're afraid of being bored. Um, but yeah, I was scared, but I knew that I had an opportunity to do something, and hopefully it's wildly successful, but if it's not, then I'll start something else. Awesome. Do you have any pieces of advice to someone who's looking to do kind of what you did and take that risk and start something instead of just working the average nine to five job? Ooh, that is such a good question. There's like so many things I can say, but I just think what's going to weed you out from everybody else is like grit. Like you have to have grit and you have to be okay with putting your head down and doing things that suck, that are really hard. And when you feel really tired and you don't want to, you know, do that one thing, make that one product, cold call that person, hear no. I think it's the people that have a lot of grit and they're willing to push through and hear no a lot. Um, they'll be really successful. I remember the first event I did, no one came to it and I didn't sell a thing. And then six months later, I was doing a pop-up at Nordstrom and I was selling out of product. And if I would have just given up because one, no one came and bought my stuff the first time, I wouldn't have shown up six months later. So grit. And I think that just comes with really wanting it. And I don't know if that's clear advice, but being able to put your head down and doing the work. Awesome. Well, it was super nice to meet you. I will make sure to add your Instagram handle to our show notes. I think that's what that's called. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So we're here with Abby. Do you want to tell us what you do, what your brand is, what you sell? Yeah, so my name's Abby. My business is called Abby's House, and we do all handmade baby items. So we have blankets, swaddles, burp cloths, kind of the run-of-the-mill general baby products, and then all of our fabric. Um, my husband's a graphic designer, so we design all of our fabric ourselves, and then everything's handmade by me. So really kind of unique, one-of-a-kind, heirloom-type pieces. How did your idea begin? How did you know that this was the passion that you wanted to pursue? It was definitely one of those things that just has really evolved over time. Um, I started sewing when I was in grad school and just kind of fell in love with that process. And it just, you know, we kind of felt like everybody who has something they love, they just want to share it. So that's what it was. It was, I love to do this and I want to share it with the world. So we just, you know, turned it into a business and then... The, we thought one day we were doing a show and we saw someone who had a scarf with Minnesotas on it. We were like, we should do Minnesota fabric. That would be so cool. So then the whole custom fabric piece started and that has evolved quite a bit too into you know where we source it and the prints that we can offer and the bulk and the quantity we can offer. Um, so it just was kind of, you know, sewing was something I fell in love with and then it just snowballed into, you know, being my whole business. So is this your full-time gig? Is it a side hustle? Yeah. Which one is it? Um, as of last August, it's a full-time Oh, congrats. Deal. Yeah, so we're just kind of working two jobs just got to be too much, and we weren't able to really put the effort into the business that we wanted to, so it just kind of became time to, to choose one. So we're giving it a go. Yeah. Did you, was there like a point in time where it kind of clicked that this has to be the one thing that I do and I know that I like trust doing this full time? Um, in 2017, we just thought, you know what, we need to make a decision if, you know, we're going to do this or we're not. So that was a year that we really 
kind of did a go big or go home sort of thing. So we did a ton of shows and just really tried to get our name out there and try to push it. And we saw some really good success and growth from that. Um, so that's where we just kind of made that decision of, okay, we're going to give this a shot. And my job before, I loved, so it was hard to leave, but it was just, you know, when you have two passions and you can't do everything, so it was just kind of time to pick one. Do you have advice for someone looking to make that jump um, in career and sort of do something on their own? You know, I think it's one of those things that, like, you're never going to feel ready and you're never going to feel like, yes, this is for sure the time, so just do it. You know, and even if it doesn't pan out, you know, we don't like to say like, oh, it failed. We just say we tried and it's not working right now, but maybe I can come back to it later. You know, I just need to make a change right now, but it just... You know, we, we kind of equate it to, like, becoming parents. We're like, you're never going to feel ready, but just do it and take the leap and believe in yourself. That's the biggest, you know, piece of advice we can have is, like, if you don't believe in you, no one else will either. So just just go for it. So when you started everything, did you start selling online? Did you immediately go to, you know, kind of like a market type situation? How did it all begin? Yeah, we started on Etsy, which, you know, so many makers do. And then we slowly evolved there. We added our own website, so we, and we still do both of those right now. And then we started adding in a couple local shows. And we've had years where we've done 15 shows. We've had years where we've done two shows. So it's just you know kind of honing in on which one of those are good for us. Um, and then a few years ago, we started adding in stores and wholesale. We had people asking us for it, and we just, with our pricing structure, we weren't quite there so we just decided though like this is something we want to do so we made those adjustments in our pricing too to be able to do that and that's just been amazing that's so amazing to like hear sort of the journey of like starting small and growing and everything I'm sure it just took all of this work so how do you come up with inspiration for what you're making is there a certain process to that are you just like wandering the world and you see something and it's like okay I want to do something like that that tells this story you know what does that look like yeah I think you know inspiration's everywhere like I'll be at Target and I see a mug I'm like oh I love that pattern and I take a picture or it's you know, just stuff that I think of on my own. Um, we just did a new line of prints for 2019. And one thing that we really wanted with these was to go beyond it being just a blanket. So a lot of our prints right now are actually interactive. So for example, we have one print that's a, a children's story that we wrote. My husband did all the illustrations so you can read the story and follow along right on the blanket. Um, we have another one that is, it's a paper airplane print. It shows you how to, all the step-by-step -step instructions for folding four different paper airplanes. Um, so like a lot of my background is in occupational therapy, early childhood education, things like that. So we thought, well, let's take these to the next level. Let's add, you know, and an creative piece and educational component to this, something interactive. So not only can you snuggle with it, but you can also learn from it too and get, you know, inspire some creativity in kids as well. That's so fun. From all of the products that you make and offer, do you have one that's your favorite? We have a Minnesota line of fabric. So it's all different Minnesota themed things. So one is like a patchwork print with just different kind of notable icons. One's a Minnesota alphabet. Um, those have really been super fun for us to design and also for us to just, you know, share with our state. There's so much Minnesota pride here. So it's just been really fun to celebrate that and to see people's reaction yeah. to that and just see like, I have to have this. So that's, that's been really fun. How do you sort of advertise your business? How did you get the word out and get people sort of on board for what you were doing? 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, started slow as our whole business started slow and it's grown over the years. Um, we do, you know, a lot of social media like anybody does, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we're now starting to feel a little more professional. We just did our first press release the other day about, you know, our new line of stuff. Um, and, you know, we're just kind of exploring the different avenues and seeing, you know, what works and what doesn't. And we don't necessarily have a ton of money to dump into advertising, unfortunately, but I think that's a pretty common, you know, issue for small businesses. So just trying to see, you know, what are some other creative ways that we can get the word out there. And really in person is the best thing we can do when we can get our product in front of customers at a show or a store. There's nothing better than that. Awesome. Well, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So we are here with Ryan. Tell us what you do, what your business is, and how you got started. So my name is Ryan, and I'm with Carmine Jack Leather Company. And we make custom-sized belts using an oak bark tan leather, which is a very traditional English bridal leather. And there is one tannery left in England that still makes leather today the same way they did 600 years ago when they opened. It's it's a family-run operation. Uh, the family that owns it right now has been in, operating for 150 years. So uh, they know leather, and they make a really unique product that lends itself really well to belts and, uh, and strap leather goods. How did you find the need for your product? There's so many different ways that I got to where I was right now. So first off, I have a super corporate day job that I really wanted a briefcase for, but I didn't want to pay $800. Well, I did pay $800 twice, and each time I paid $800, it ended up being a uh, not the greatest product, so that got returned. Um, and then I came about the belts because my belt broke in half, and I needed something. And I was like, this is a leather belt. It shouldn't snap in half, but it did. So uh, that caused us to take this budding leather business that we had and move it into the belt world. And so we went looking for the best belt leather on the planet. And then there was this one place in England they have a rudimentary website. They don't take orders online. You literally have to call them and place your order over the phone and then wait three months in order to get any kind of response. And then they ship it to you. So like after my belt broke in half, I never wanted to come across that again. I certainly don't want my customers to, to have that happen with them. So we just went looking for the best product we could find. So what does the ordering process look like from start to finish? If I were looking to order something, you know, what steps do I go through to get a custom belt? Sure. So we have a kit set up that takes all the guesswork out of ordering a custom belt. Actually, it's, um, it is the easiest way to give a custom belt. So in our kit, that we, we call it the Oak Bark Outfitter Kit. It's got samples of the different leather that we offer. It has samples of the different buckle finishes that we offer. And then it's got uh, a measuring tape and instructions on how you can measure your current belts or whoever you're giving the kit to. Um, So that way, when we custom size your belt, we're we're sizing the belt according to how you wear your belt. You know, because some people are going to wear their belt higher up on their waist and other people are going to wear theirs lower. But we take that into consideration with how we size our belts and how we tell you to size or provide that size for us. Do you have any powerful piece of advice for someone who's looking to start, you know, creating their passion and own their own business? Where did that question come from? That's like a super loaded question. Um, 
yeah, don't wait. Don't wait. If you've got something that you want to make, just make it. Figure out a way to make it. There's a lot of information out there online. You don't need any kind of formal training. So the best thing that I would say is just don't wait. Just do it. That's a great piece of advice. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. We are here with Brittany. So tell us what you do. Yeah, so I'm uh, Brittany from B&D Custom Crafts. So together with my mom, um, we run a, a custom home decor and personalized gifting company um, based out of Minneapolis. Um, today at Rose and Loon, we're demoing a lot of our custom home decor. So especially for the summertime, um, we do a lot of uh, custom last names, nursery, um, nursery pieces, custom bridal gifts, um, anything around personalized home decor is what we specialize in. What is the dynamic like working with your mom? Oh, we have a lot of fun together. We get asked that quite a bit. How in the world do you work with your mom every day? Uh, we were great friends before we started this company. It was kind of just a natural next step for us to go into business together. Um, we have very different backgrounds. I come from more of the creative field. She comes from more of the operation side. Um, so somehow we work really well together, especially since we have such different backgrounds. Is this your full-time job? Is it a side hustle? Did it start as a side hustle and then move into a full-time? Yeah, that's exactly how it started. It was uh, more of a side hustle that we were able to turn into a full-time a little over a year ago. Um, and so we're fortunate enough to be able to chase our dream and follow our passion and do what we do uh, every day. That's amazing. Uh, when did you know that it was time to make it a full-time thing? Oh, when it was too difficult working two full-time jobs. <laughs> I was working probably about 80 hours a week at my full-time job and then working um, nights and weekends for B&D and trying to grow that simultaneously. Um, I think we both knew that B&D was our passion. It was founded on our love for helping those around us, kind of create those personalized gifts and really make the people around us feel loved and cared for. And that was what was really pulling us. And so we kind of looked at each other and we were terrified to leave our full-time job but I think we knew in our hearts that it was the right thing to do and it was something that we we're really excited about. Um, so we took that leap and we haven't turned back. How did you start advertising? Was it social media and then it just kind of clicked from there? Word yeah. of mouth? That's a great question. So coming, my, my full-time job, my former career was in advertising. So luckily I had a lot of experience with building brands. Um, but I think we kind of started from the ground level and really did leverage a lot of the, the free mediums that we had available to us, especially working with such small budgets, you know, working uh, with your own company compared to other clients, you know, who have infinite marketing um, budgets. But for us, it really started on social media, really growing our following there, um, just being visible in the, in the Minneapolis communities. So doing events almost every weekend, it was really great to be able to introduce ourselves live, live to our community um, and also build a following that way. Is there a certain place where you see the most sales? Is it e-commerce? Is it being in sort of this kind of an environment like Rose and Loon? Yeah, I think it's been a mix of both. So starting out, it was almost solely through our website and then at those weekend markets. Um, now we're evolving. We're in about six or seven different retailers, and Rose and Loon is going to be our, our primary home for the next year, which we're really excited about. Um, being in spaces and nights like this are so amazing because we're able to introduce ourselves and really walk through what it is we do and what makes us unique, um, and that we handcraft all of our pieces. I design everything from start to finish. We hand airbrush all of our wood decor. So there's a lot of love that goes into every piece that you can't really communicate um, through a website, let's say. So nights like this are fun where we actually get to come in, meet new people, introduce ourselves, um, and really share what it, what it is that we love to do live. Do you have 
any piece of knowledge to share with someone who's wanting to sort of jump ship from mm-hmm. their full-time career into owning their own business and yep. that leap of faith that comes with that? Absolutely. So, of course, um, I would say do your homework, of course, and really have a solid plan in place because there's so much that I didn't even realize that goes into building a business. It's not just about the idea, but it's how you're planning to grow that. And do you have, you know, is it um, financially possible for you to, you know, leave that full-time job? But what is your vision for the brand? Um, And really going in with a purpose and being organized and intentional about how you're going about launching that brand. Um, And then just saying yes to as many things that you possibly can, especially in that first year. That really taught us a lot in terms of who, um, who our client, who our ideal client was what kind of places we wanted to be in. It's how we met folks like Jared and Will that organized Rose and Loon. So just saying yes to opportunities that make sense um, and just networking and meeting people um, and being passionate about what it is you do um, are all kind of things that we picked up in our first year. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We are here with Justin. So tell us, what is your brand? What do you do? Well, we make candy. We have two different brands. Um, Annie B's is one of them, and BT McElrath uh, Chocolatier is the other. How did you get your start? Um, both companies were existing, and um, I was working in the in the food world and came across Annie B, the owner of Annie B's, and uh, they wanted to retire, and we had a chance to uh, purchase them six and a half years ago. Um, so we uh, we acquired them, and and then a few years after that, BT McElrath, and we brought both brands together to manufacture under the same roof over in uh, Matamida. That's awesome. Where do you predominantly sell your product? Is it online? Is it in store? Is uh, it everywhere? It's it's not everywhere, but we uh, we do a little bit online. Um, and a lot of little independent gift shops uh, like Rose and Loon. Um, so that's a big, our core customers. We do uh, locally too in a lot of the co-ops and um, grocery stores. And some of our products like our caramels are up at cash registers as impulse and hardware stores, believe it or not, mainly independent hardware stores. We love working with um, family owned companies. So that's kind of how we got our start where we're at mostly. So. Is there a season where you notice your sales really increase? Is it holiday? Is it in the summer? Or is it all the time? Um, it's predominantly fourth quarter, but it's we do do a lot year-round um, with some of our products. But our uh, main product, signature product, is caramel. Um, we're... Uh, fortunate to be picked as one of Oprah's favorites a few years ago. Um, so we sell the most of that. And with caramel and apples in the fall season, we kind of start getting busy um, in like August uh, through the end of the year. So. Do you have a favorite product? Um, oh, it's so tough. It changes all the time, but probably the, the, most, the one that I like the most uh, year-round is our sea salt caramel. Do you have any piece of advice for someone looking to go into small business? Yeah, lots of <laughs> lots of it. But the, the biggest thing, I guess, is to um, you know to always remain positive and work hard and never give up. Um, it's a roller coaster, and uh, there's some good days and bad days. But if you just keep the persistence and and you're passionate about it and love what you do, is the main thing. 
and never be afraid to reach out to people to help. Um, it's, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without an army of people helping us, uh, so never be afraid to ask for help. So, Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So we are here with Joel. What is your brand? What do you do? So I invented a product called Cubals, and Cubals are the foldable activity that turns into a toy. So the way I think about it is I bought plastic building blocks for my kids forever, right? And I wanted to make something that was the same, like use your mind, get off the screen, but I wanted it to be made out of paper and sturdy and make it recyclable. And so that's what cubals are. That sounds so fun. I would use that now as an adult. (laughs) Truthfully, a lot of adults come back to me and say these are super fun to build. (laughs) I could see that. So how did the process go about like inventing something yeah so it's it's been about six years in the make actually maybe even seven i uh i have a full-time job and two kids so i just it was tinkering on the side and inventing and filing patents and working on it and it came about originally because i was buying plastic building blocks for my nephew and they were expensive and i didn't get a lot and so i was just like well i wonder if I can make something that would be more affordable so more people would buy them and kind of better for the planet. And, and that's how it brewed into what it is today is just a lot, a lot of tinkering and playing with it and hustling and working hard. <laughs> so is this still a side hustle? Is it a full-time gig for you now? It's still a side hustle, a growing side hustle. We're in like 20 locations across state, growing across the Midwest, doing well online, tons of fun stuff. Um, but I still work full-time job and I, you know, kids come first. So it's, it's a lot of work going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> how do you balance the two? Like, how do you find, you know, I'm going to be at my job for all of like, you know, this huge chunk of hours and yep. then I'm going to also spend time with family, but I yep. also have to work on the side gig. That's a great question. So I get asked that a lot. And my answer is I'm extremely diligent with my time. Family does come first. So I have to be patient for the you know growth of this business. Mm-hmm. And then I don't watch very much TV. I think people would be amazed if you cut out TV or your computer time, how much stuff you can actually do. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I binge watch Netflix all the time. Yeah. So I'm sure I would be able to accomplish a lot more in my day yeah. if I like cut all of that out. Yeah, it's, it, it adds up for sure. <laughs> when you started, you know, this whole idea, was it, you know, kind of a struggle with family to sort of say, hey, I'm like going to start doing this or... Full support, you know. <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, full support, because I've always been wired this way. I'm a musician who used to tour in a band, and I, I once programmed a golf GPS application for iPhones, and all of these have been done while working full time. So my wife, who's absolutely amazing, just kind of knows that's a part of me and supports it and knows that's what makes me whole, I suppose. <laughs> so definite full support from family and actually my mom handles sales right now so it is all in the fam (laughs) nice gotta have that family support yep so when you're thinking of like new characters for a product how do you decide that is it kind of you know like hey this would be cool or are you asking the kids you know what do you want type of a thing yeah it's kind of a mix it's kind of a mix of just it's my creative outlet so I kind of get create what I want but then kids will say it would be so cool if you did this and that's spawned some products 
And then it's also like people I meet just being out there. You know, I'm working on a wilderness series right now. We have a moose that's going to come out. We're working with a local famous painter. And so it's going to be really intricate and oil paint. I think it's oil painting. It's, it's going to be really neat. So it's also a creative medium where I can like work with all these amazing artists, right? And see, see these creative visions that we can work on. And, and so it kind of comes, the creative part comes from all angles, which is cool. That's awesome. Do you have a piece of advice for someone who has that full-time job and is looking for sort of their passion project? Yes, passion is the key word because if you're going to do it while working full-time, you have to love to do it every night, all the time when you have free time. <laughs> and that's the and, and the TV one. I'm not trying to knock on people who watch TV or anything like that. I love TV when I, when I find the time, but try and change, change your schedule a little bit you'll have to carve out time for it. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for the time. So we are here with Alex. Tell us your story. What's your brand? What do you do? Yeah, so um, I own a company called Shrub Shrubs. Um, it is going to be a um, vinegar-based mixer company. Uh, Shrub started in the Middle East about 2,500 years ago um, as a fermentation method without needing refrigeration. So what we do at Shrub Shrubs is a very traditional cold press method where we allow the fruit to macerate with sugar and then add our vinegar at the end, um, which yields a really fruitful uh, product. So um, we started that about two and a half years ago and we've just been going like gangbusters. Uh, we're in a lot of amazing spots, great restaurants, bars, liquor stores, and uh, retail shops. And um, they're, they're, they're just fun. I love working with them. How did the idea begin? How did you know, you know, hey, I want to start doing this? I was um, given shrubs from a, a friend of mine, and I just thought we could improve on it. And um, he challenged me to make a better shrub. And when that occurred, he challenged me to start a company. And here we are. That's awesome. Always Thank taking you. on a challenge. Yeah. So is this a side hustle? Is this your full-time gig? You know, I have a few different uh, things I do. So uh, this will turn into my career. Um, at present, I do this as well as manage a wine bar in the airport, as well as a window washing company that is co-owned by me. Lots of things. Yeah. How do you manage your time between all of them? A planner. If I did not have a planner and write things down, I would lose my mind a little bit more than I already have. Do you find that working in like so many different areas, you have to be like very motivated to stay up with all of them, or do you find yourself putting one ahead of the other, or you know, I spreading think, it evenly? I think with myself, I'm just always going at a hundred percent. So. To have kind of the variety is really nice because if one thing starts to burn me out, so to speak, I can always pop to the next and kind of feel re-energized. And um, all three things have a little bit different um, offerings in terms of um, how I how I respond to them and how um, how that makes me um, you know hustle. So it's just a little bit of everything always makes it fun. Do you have? 
a piece of advice for someone looking to start their own business? Just do it. Honestly, the thing is, if you're going to invest in something or someone invest in yourself, nobody's ever going to look back on it a year, five, ten years and say, you know what? I wish I would have never tried to start that business because we spend so much money and time and effort on all of these other external things. The least you can do is put a little bit of time and energy back into yourself and show yourself some love. And if it works, amazing. If it doesn't, you learn from it and you just figure out what next to do. That's a great piece of advice. Thank you for joining us. So we are here with Jared. He is the creative director of Rose and Loon. How are you? How do you think this night went? It was super fun. It was so, I always like welcoming people in the store and being able to share the maker stories and have so many makers here and people interested was really, really a fun evening. So tell me, what is Rose and Loon? Rose and Loon is a collective of Midwest makers, so goods from the Great Plains to the Great Lakes. Uh, We have about 50 makers in here now. It'll kind of grow as we head into the holidays. But they are everything from glass blowers to fabric designers to potters to popcorn makers. How did you come up with the idea or the concept behind Rose and Loon? Sure. So local is obviously important to everybody. They want to know kind of the story behind the things that they purchase. Uh, Rosedale Center, where we are, is was interested in what they could do for local. And a lot of shopping malls really, you know, try to fill empty spaces. And, and Rosedale was committed to building a space that was best to tell these stories. So we have a demonstration area. Um, we have just great vignettes and nooks and crannies to tuck things away in. So the whole concept of the store is that you can come in and hear the maker's story and really discover the products on your own. So it's merchandise like a regular store. It's not just maker after maker. Uh, so they can really kind of discover discover the story and hear it. Is there a reason you went with, you know, makers from the great... Um Plains to the Great Lakes instead of just Minnesota and Wisconsin? Sure. So I think that local uh, certainly doesn't need to be within five miles of where you live or in the shape of the state. Uh, you know, the, there's a lot of pride in the Midwest and our work ethic. And local really is about hand craftsmanship and small batch. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's a state over from you or, or wherever. There's still a hand and heart and story behind the goods that we have. What does a process look like when you're deciding what makers you want to bring into the store? Sure. So we have uh, open calls this season we did for this cycle. Uh, we welcomed makers here in Roseville Center. And then I went on the road to Madison and Omaha, Des Moines, Kansas City. We saw about 370 makers that so we tailored down to this collective here. Uh, and it's just a thrill to hear their story and and know, you know that every soap maker is different and every woodworker is different and they bring something different. Different uh, to these really time-honored skills where sometimes the instruments and the tools that they use haven't changed for centuries. So you bring up sort of this cycle um, 
phrase, I guess. Can you describe what that is? Sure. So we are in our second cycle. Uh, it's kind of our borrowing from America's Next Top Model, uh, or our season. So we uh, have the makers in from June to June. So we'll kind of close in May again and shut down and, and retool the store and welcome everybody back uh, in June of 2020. So what's really exciting about having them in for a year is we get to see what their seasons look like over the course of a year. So we're in summer now, we'll get to see what fall and holiday looks like and then spring. And so it's sometimes a real challenge to the makers that kind of specialize in one color palette or one technique to say, what does summer look like for you? Or what does holiday look like for you? So that's the joy of working with the makers over an extended period of time. We get to work with them on, on exploring new products and products exclusive to us. Do you find it sometimes challenging to work with so many different makers and kind of organizing everything and making sure, you know, you're all on the same page? Well, I have the fun part because I get to pick them and, and work with them over the year uh, to get them in here. But really, the staff that's here every day is phenomenal. So they're making the store look beautiful and telling the stories. And that's really the joy of, you know, the makers aren't in the store with us. They come in for demonstrations and classes, but the staff that's here is always welcoming and always ready to share the maker's story because they know them and they pick up the phone and if they don't know it and, and a customer standing in front of you, we'll call the maker and get the answer for you right then and there. What sets Rose and Loon apart from other like maker markets that are popping up in the area? Sure. I think uh, most importantly that we're here every day the mall is open and there's no worry about, uh, you know, I hope nobody buys it before the end of the baseball game or, you know, they're only here Saturday till five or they're not at farmer's market next weekend. We're here and you can kind of come in and visit your purchase and, and decide if it's right for you. So that's the joy that we have. And you can send people in to, to buy gifts for you. Uh, because because we're here and we've created such a unique uh, environment for people. What is your favorite part about working with so many makers with so many different stories? Um, hearing their story and really helping them tell the story. You know, they call me the maker whisperer and I love that because uh, there's just a comfort level and sometimes when you're working with a maker, they just need someone to listen to them and they need that permission to go forth, I say, because it can't always come from a customer. It can't come from your husband or your wife. It has to come from someone who uh, who just listens and, and knows the, the world of makers and the, the passion that goes into it. So it's a joy. Uh, working with these makers and working with Rosedale over the last couple of years has been an honor to bring the store to life. Do you have a piece of advice that you tell someone who is wanting to be a maker and wanting to sort of jump into this new world and leave the nine to five behind? Sure. I think um, it's really about knowing what you want to be known for and standing for something and standing up for yourself. And it's a crowded marketplace, but if you're doing something right and you believe in what you do and it's a quality product, you can really make great things happen. Awesome. Well, thank you for having not only Blogger Bash here, but the social feed and the Hubbard team here at Rosen Loon. It's been amazing wanting, watching the interaction between Blogger and Maker and having everyone in one place. Well, thank you so much for coming out.
Thank you, Adriana, for hosting this. We're going to be posting all the links from all the makers that Adriana talked to in this episode in our show notes at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP93. Also, if you want to learn more about the Blogger Bash, we did a previous podcast with Adriana. We did. Talking about the rebrand and how we interact with that community um, that we've built. And you can listen to that episode at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP80. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you all next week. The Social Feed is a production of Hubbard Interactive with music provided by Minneapolis-based artist John Atwell. This episode is sponsored by Popcorn. Throwing a party and looking for a unique and delicious tasty treat? Weddings, company parties, corporate thank you gifts, whatever the occasion, Popcorn has a perfect complement to your event. Over 70 flavors to choose from. Call or go online to order. PopcornMN.com